0: We invite you to this coming week's message of Good Theology, a podcast ministry of the Good Theology Project, a mission of ministry to seek, sow, and spread God's kingdom of love here on earth. We cannot wait for someone else to do later what God has already called us to do here and now. To learn more about the Good Theology Project, visit us online at goodtheology.life. Grace and peace to you, Holy Church, because whoever you are, wherever you are, may you always remember that you matter and that your life is important. This week's message is inspired from the scriptures of All Souls Day, also known as the commemoration of all the faithful departed and Day of the Dead. It's the third day in a three-day commemoration called All Hallows Tide uh, that occurs from October 31st through November 2nd. Um, this Hallow's Tide includes All Saints' Eve, which we know as Halloween, All Saints' Day, uh, November first, and then the focus of this week's episode, All Souls' Day or Day of the Dead. We are still in the season after Pentecost, a long season of weeks between Pentecost and Advent, where we are reminded of our charge to use God's gifts and share God's vision. Our reading portions for this episode come from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter three, First uh, Thessalonians, chapter fourteen and the Gospel of our Lord according to John, chapter 5. As is tradition here, before we delve deeply, let us center ourselves and our intentions. Please say this prayer along with us. It is available in the description of this week's episode. Almighty and everlasting God, our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, our behavior to share you. Glory be to you, God, source of all being, Christ, the incarnate word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Church, it is fitting that the US election immediately follows All Hallows Tide, because I feel like I've just watched a horror film and I'm too jittery to sleep with the lights out. But, I mean, am I the only one who feels like we've been living in a modern horror movie? where we're the ones walking down the dark hallway waiting to be surprised by the killer. And yet, even though we know what could be coming and that we shouldn't be surprised, it still spooks the heck out of us. Maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe this election season hasn't felt like you've walked through one of those haunted hay mazes because we've been spending most of the year in various forms of isolation. But but don't you feel that anxiety? that foreboding of what if? Can you honestly tell me that you don't look at your neighbors and those that pass you on the street and wonder if their values are like yours, or if just perhaps they're one of those voters who are going to vote for something that might make the world worse? Now, I'm not saying all this to add to your fears or even to applaud them. I'm not saying it to divide us even further or to make you fear the people around you. I bring it up because today I intend to speak the power of Christ at them, at your fears, at the things which grapple you. You see, what all that nervousness and fear and anxiety ridden feelings are, well they're expectation and their grief. Fear of loss and terror of future. So I say again that it is very apropos to preach about All Souls Day, the day of the dead, this close to the election. Because God seems to know we are facing a mixture of anxiety, of grief, of expectation. And he invites us to find shelter in his words to speak Christ's goodness into our circumstances, to further his mission of his kingdom come here on earth. So let's go to the texts, right? Chapter three of the book of wisdom is, it's an ointment. Um, It's a salve. It's words to remind us that we will not feel pain or torment, that we will be tested and rewarded, and that if we trust God, we will know the truth that we will always be with him in love. One uh, surmises the intent of these scriptures was to remind persecuted Jews in the Hellenistic world, um, the first and second century BCE, that the divine being that watches over all, loves you and is always supreme. Even though you might be persecuted, even though you might be afraid. And chapter 14 of 1 Thessalonians is, at that time, it was a new teaching from Paul to his friends. Um, it's 1 Thessalonians actually the first letter, date-wise, written by Paul in the New Testament. And it's from him to this church he helped plant in Thessalonica. And he knows people have died Um, before Jesus has come back, before this second coming. But he's telling them, he's teaching them in his letter to take heart, that Jesus will still come, and that those who have died, even if they didn't see all of Thessalonica transformed while they were alive into this perfect loving place, that even though they died, that they will still be united with God anyway, that the glory will still be theirs. Paul's message is that no one person misses the boat of blessing. Dead or alive, everyone is part of God's blessing. In chapter 5 of John, well, that scripture is a reminder from John to anyone who will listen that just because Jesus was crucified, died, and that his human form was no longer there, That didn't mean his power and his authority aren't still very real and very much in charge. You see, these three scriptures all focus our attention on that very thing we're struggling with, expectation, potential grief, and anxiety. They ask us these rhetorical questions, will you bend and break under the fears of this world now, forgetting that Jesus is Lord and that God still reigns? Will you let death and the fear of loss be your new master? Will you forget that it is God's love that enlivens all of creation and that no matter how an election turns out, the waters of Christ will flow even if all human governments and economies fail tomorrow? My friends, no matter how our world looks around us, we cannot let our material circumstances undermine our hope, our faith, and our love. Do you know what I miss the most from this All Hallows Tide season? Amidst all the issues of COVID, the election, the economy, and everything else, what stings deeply is that I don't get to see kids trick-or-treating. I miss that innocent joy. I miss that playfulness. I miss the spark that reminds me that even in the midst of darkness and scary things, of ghosts and vampires and The Walking Dead, that there can be laughter, humor, candy, and caramel apples. You know, I was telling the lady who cuts my hair that I haven't had a caramel apple, like, in probably 20 years. But it was this year, facing a canceled Halloween, that made me realize just how much I've been grieving these past months. And with grief comes a feeling of defeat. It's a reality that we can't win against some things. And maybe just maybe we can't win against the things that make this world a terrible place to exist in. But the sobering wisdom that we should remember from that, particularly now as we grieve in these moments, is that there are others of us, brothers and sisters of the human race that have always faced this grieving that though for many of us we grieve and it feels new and strange, our grieving is not new or unique. Human suffering is not new or unique. If you recall nothing else this All Hallows Tide, remember that as you feel suffering, others also suffer. And may it force us to become more compassionate. But. But we can learn something from these scriptures, and even from those horror movie moments. So, okay, so my favorite Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. It came out in 1993, and it has Bette Midler, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Kathy Najimy as these three witches who try to suck the life out of the the children in this town called Salem. Now, I, I realize that Hocus Pocus is not a traditional horror movie, right? But hear me out, because I think... Other horror movies are just the same as this archetype that I'm about to tell you, right? Because, you see, these witches, they captivated the town with their magic. The witch Winifred puts a spell on all the adults, and the witch Sarah hypnotizes all the children and calls them to her. And just at the end of the movie, as Winifred is sucking the very life essence out of Max, the main character, the sun rises and the three witches explode. In, in all the horror movies, we somehow make it to the end. If through lots of, ha- even though lots of harm happens, even though scary things happen along the way, the sun usually does come out and the monster is abated. The witches explode and morning comes. Harm is done but there is always mourning. That's actually what the scriptures are telling us. You see, fear and grief, worry and anxiety, they grab hold of us like the magic of the Sanderson Witch Sisters did in those town, for those townsfolk. That, that fear and grief, they mesmerize us into forgetting about each other and forgetting about God. That's the real goal for Satan is to distract us from God's mission, from from the purpose that he gave us, and that grace still exists here and now. So, So I have to ask, will you speak the truth of God's blessing over the fears and the grief that try to strangle you, that tries to distract you and hold you back, subjugate your heart, This All Souls Day, this Day of the Dead, that we remember all who have come before us, I want you to remember that suffering is part of life. That those who came before us, they suffered and they died. That if you're looking for ease, then you will be disappointed because money and politicians and material possessions don't give you the peace of mind you really seek. But what is promised, what is assured, is that whether you are dead or alive, you are with God. If you are a Christian, you believe that God is mightier than death, that God's power and reach and scope is beyond the confines of materiality, that what John reminds us of is in his gospel, Jesus has authority. Jesus has authority over all. And even in these moments when we are reminded of just how little authority we have, that we can barely trust the world around us to make us feel safe, we can and we must remember to draw water from that well. So the thing we ask of you this week, the thing I plead for you this week, the small act that we invite you into is to draw from the well. To speak over your own grief and lack of control, your own expectations and disappointments, and to call forth God's living, life-giving waters. Not to demand that your will be done or that your situations change, no. To demand, to expect, and to call out for peace of God to help you weather whatever comes your way. Because you, a child of the Most High, you are a being of love and honored by God. You are called to spread His kingdom and that you are ready. Please pray in this moment with me, God in heaven who commands and has authority over all the world and all in it, we acknowledge that this world is yours and not ours, that we have faltered and not, and we have forgotten and that Satan has allowed grief to choke our joy and our love. We offer them to you, God, on this altar of our hopes and our faith. Restore us, please, with your grace, that we may weather whatever comes our way, and that we remember that no matter living or dead, all of humanity is united with you forever and always. Amen. I I now close with this memory. I, um... I had a pretty rough childhood, and my house was egged a number of times. And I remember how it affected my family. But I also remember that even though my house was egged at nighttime, the sun always came up. We got the hose out, and there was always morning. Even if the house smelled like sulfur, there was always morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Good Theology. To learn more, please find us online at goodtheology.life.